Welcome to the Emotional Mastery Podcast. I am your host, Rochelle. This podcast started as a space to really just share my journey, to share the experiences and the things that I was going through as I learned to self-regulate, as I learned to manage my emotions. And it has transformed into so much more. This space is really just everything that I trial and error. It's amazing guests coming to you, talking about their journey, their experiences with emotions, and really just take what resonates and leave what doesn't. This journey can feel really isolating at times. It is beautiful. It is painful. It is joyful. It is love. It is all of the things. And we are all of the things all at once. And so just have grace with yourself, have compassion with yourself through this. And I am so grateful that you are listening to this episode wherever you are listening. Thank you for allowing me into your day. Welcome to February. Um, I don't know about you, but January felt... I don't even want to say long, long, short. The holidays were kind of funny this year. Didn't necessarily feel like the holidays. January felt like a lot of integration. I'll say that. There was a lot of stuff going on with the planets like Venus retrograde, Mercury retrograde. Uh, The day that this episode comes out, Mercury is going direct and Venus went direct January 29th. So this past Saturday from when I'm recording this. Um, So there's been like quite a bit of energy. Now we have the Chinese New Year that is this month. We have... Um, energetic new year. Technically, I've heard it um, from Align Within podcast. She talks about how she's received this message for years that the energetic new year is February. You have the astrology new year, which is technically when Aries season starts. And then like human design new year, I believe it's January 21st, 2022. Um, it's whenever the gate, the sun enters gate 41. So we have all these different systems that have all these different new years for very different reasons, right? So take what resonates for you, take what feels good for you. For me, it really feels good that this new year kind of begins this new like energetic cycle, right? Like we have the known calendar cycle that starts January 1st. Um, But then it's like when like on an energetic level, it just it does feel like there's some amping up um, that really kind of starts like a little bit later in the year. So for me, that that feels good. And that's kind of like somewhere in the back of my mind um, has kind of been going because, yeah, January has just felt really I don't even want to say slow. It's just felt like a lot of integration, a lot of slow moving, a lot of um, not even I wouldn't even say heavy stuff. Just, yeah, integration. I'm going to call it an integration period. I've had a lot of realizations. I've had a lot of a lot of deep meditations. I feel like I've really been focusing on the spiritual side of things. So it's been really, really powerful. Um, A lot of heavy energy, a lot of realizations, like I said, a lot of processing. Um, When Venus went direct, kind of like all of this stuff that I've been processing around like love and relationships and all the Venus type stuff, right, has kind of like came to a head on Saturday. Not to say that like I was like down or depressed or like really upset, but like I felt like that perspective had kind of shifted for me which was really empowering. It was really powerful. And it just showed me that like I have been doing the work over the last, you know, since December 19th when Venus went retrograde. And I went back to my journal because I journal like every day. It's That is a non-negotiable for me. Sometimes I journal twice a day. You know, sometimes I'll do it at night, depending on like how I'm feeling. Sometimes it's just like a check-in at night or just a, 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 you know, overview of the day. But I went back to my journal and I looked at what I had written on January 19th and I felt so heavy when it came to like relationships. I felt really sad. I felt a lot of like a lot in my heart, right? A lot of heaviness and sadness in my heart. And so being able to realize how much processing I had done, how much boundaries I had maybe energetically set, 
but just being able to have a different perspective. And, and, and I think the biggest thing for me was just acceptance. It was a massive acceptance of my feelings, not labeling them as wrong or good, or I should be feeling this or I shouldn't be feeling that. It was just like an acceptance of what is like, okay, cool. Like I feel this way. Sometimes it sucks. You know, like I'll have moments where I'm just like, oh, I don't want to feel this. But then also just accepting that, hey, you know, this is what I feel right now. This is what I have to process right now. I cannot ignore it. I can't pretend it's not there. I can't pretend or tell myself that I should not be feeling this. So now what can we do, right? Like maybe we take it through meditation, maybe we journal, but just like really having these tools and really pulling these tools out so that I can actually process through. And it was really powerful. And I really, really felt that shift during this time. We had the new moon, which was Monday into the 1st and new moon in Aquarius. So January actually had two new moons and one full moon. February will just have a full moon. I believe it is February 16th. But new moons are always great for intention setting. And this one specifically, I think, because it was the second full moon in January, kind of like the first, you know, the energy of the full moon was still being felt on the 1st of February. It was just a really powerful one. And I woke up on, you know, on 31st, kind of feeling really good. And then throughout the day, I just kind of felt that little little bit of heaviness happening, a little bit of frustration happening. Um, but yeah, I just think like really having these tools and not just having the tools, it's, it's, it's one thing to have the tools on an intellectual level, but then being able to actually use them and pull them out and, you know, meditation can look like what it looks like for you, right? It doesn't have to look like you sitting in a lotus position for 30 minutes. It's all different for all of us. That's what feels good for me. That's what helps me feel tapped in. Sometimes, even if my mind's going, I think it's just a discipline of my body. And I say that, but I also want to say it doesn't have to be so rigid and structured. That's something I'm learning because I have my Mars and Capricorn in the sixth house. So it's very structure, very routines oriented. And so much of my chart is very fluid and very not like that. And so when I have these routines, I can get really, really fixated on them. Like they have to be this way. They have to be that way. And then I can get frustrated because there is no fluidity in it. And the rest of my life is very fluid. So I've really been learning to embrace that of like, okay, so I want to have meditation in every single day. I know that that makes me feel good but it doesn't have to look the same every day. Sometimes it just looks like yoga, right? Sometimes it's sitting for 30 minutes. Sometimes it's doing a DIF to be magnetic. Sometimes it's a walking meditation in nature. It's it's so much like tapping into and listening to what I intuitively need. And that's been really powerful for me. Um, and yeah, so just finding these things and actually using them because I think my... This year, I do, you know, I do a lot of reading, I do a lot of the inner work, I do a lot of, you know, quote unquote by the books, but it's really like, you can't change unless you actually change. So, and it doesn't have to be overnight, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. And I've really realized there are times when I look back, and I'll notice like I've reacted differently to something. And even though I may have reacted the same way a 100 times before, there's that one moment where I have I, I have enough of a pause to be like, well, wait, I what do I actually want to say right now? What do I actually want to do right now? And then it's like the one time that you actually do the thing that's different, then it kind of like spirals out and you feel empowered and you see what the change actually makes a difference. You see that people maybe don't care as much as you think they would, right? Or that the response, even if it is a hard response, you know that you can get through it. So I say all that just to be like, to say that trust yourself 
and have grace with yourself. You know, last week's episode was all about what to do during triggers. And that's a lot of, you know, a lot of this. It is a lot of coming back to the same thing over and over again. It is reacting the same way over and over again. I mean, it starts with awareness and it starts with acceptance and it starts with like all these tools that we can do to to self-regulate and then kind of, so then once we can get control a little bit more of ourselves during a trigger, even, even after the trigger, maybe you're able to kind of come back and shift things a little bit. So it's just been really powerful. And again, like I said, January has felt a lot of integration. It's been like an integration process of all these things for me. So it's been really cool. This week on the podcast, I have Madeline, a host of the Clean Beat podcast. Um, she is a vibrancy health coach. And so she really just works with you to detox your life. This was such a cool conversation because I'm always, always looking for ways to eat cleaner and to use cleaner products around my house just to like clean up my life. And I talked to her a lot about skincare because that's huge for me. I'm really, really... um just really trying to clean up my skincare routine. So I asked a lot of questions about, you know, like what we can get on a budget, um, just what she recommends, what to look out for in skincare. So that is part of this episode. So if you are looking to clean up your skincare routine, this episode is for you. We also talk about alcohol. We talk about birth control. Um, I'm actually, I've had an IUD for, it's over expired, but I am getting it out next month. It's kind of been like something that's been on my journey for a while. I've just been having this pain to like get it removed. Um, and so I finally am getting it removed. I'm a little bit excited. I'm a little bit nervous. I just feel like I do get a lot of hormonal acne. You know, I try and eat clean. I try and clean up my makeup. I try and clean up my skincare products, you know, all those things, the things that I use around the house and yet I'll still get these breakouts. And so it's just kind of the thing. It's like, I do all these things to be clean, but yet I have this plastic thing inside of my body that's shooting hormones out. So it is time. Um, it is always an experiment. I may go back to it, you know, like we'll see how I feel, but I'm kind of kind of excited to have that last thing where I can really tap into my body in a way that I haven't necessarily before. Cause I've been on birth control since I was 16 years old, apart from the time, both times that I was pregnant, but yeah, so that's gonna be a whole nother journey for me. And I'm definitely gonna have a whole nother episode on that on the podcast once I you know have like a month or two to like kind of recalibrate my body and see how it feels but yeah so this episode is so good I'm really excited for you to listen to it just a couple housekeeping things before we jump into the episode one-on-one sessions are open for 2022. Um, so if you are looking to find a way to trust yourself, I my purpose and my passion is just to empower people to find that space and to trust themselves, to trust themselves w- with what they're eating, to trust themselves with their movement, to trust themselves with all these tools to like self-regulate, like looking at your relationships, your career, your finances, all of these things from a holistic level to see what's working, what isn't, so that we can actually just feel better, right? Like I feel like the baseline for a lot of people of feeling good isn't what it could be. And so like really having that baseline of what feels good and then learning to trust yourself and kind of just going from there. So that is my passion. That is my purpose. That is what these sessions are all about. Um, You can DM me, you can email me in the email below, or you could book a session down below as well. All the information is in the show notes. I'm reworking the membership. Again, always trial and error here. Um, So just kind of looking through that to see what works and what doesn't. Um, I would love to hear what you would like out of a membership space. So if you, I would so appreciate if you took the time um, to send me an email, you can do it at info at rochellechristian.com. Again, that's going to be in the show notes. So if you want to just give me some feedback and let me know what you would like to see within a membership space, because I have healed so much in community. Um, I would say so, so much so over the last six to eight months, and it's really shown me it's what I would love to create as a community space, just the support, the information, the 
the guidance, the, I just, I felt so tapped in and lit up because sometimes in our everyday life, we aren't necessarily surrounded by people who lift us up. We don't necessarily have people that are on the same path as us. And so it's just like such a beautiful thing to be able to connect with people that are on the same level, that are going where we want to go, that can really lift us up, that can really empower us. Because when you don't have that, you can feel very, um, you can feel very alone and just not being not feeling empowered. And so I think it's really important to have people around you that hold that space for you so that you can reach the goals that you're trying to reach. So that is my what I would love to create within a community space. Um, and again, you can uh, go down to the show notes and send me an email, shoot me an email and just let, you, let me know what you would like to see in that. As always, I would be so appreciative, especially if you're on Apple iTunes, just to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It really, really does help um, just to keep it going, get more guests on here, get it, you know, get just more and more guests and really great information and episodes out to you. So without further ado, I hope you all have a beautiful rest of your week. Thank you so, so much for listening. I am briefly interrupting this episode to talk to you about Dame. So if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you know I am all about self-love, self-trust, getting to know yourself. And a huge part of that is not just getting to know your mind, but it's also getting to know your body, right? And so having been single for quite a while now, Dame products have really been, not only do they feel amazing, but just a company that I'm so behind. Dame is literally disrupting the sex industry and it is created by females for females, created by vulvas for vulvas, right? And so it's all about pleasure, right? Understanding our bodies and how it works and their products are just incredible. I recently received the Air and let me tell you, if you wanna get there fast, which let's be honest, sometimes with busy lives, we want to, but this is literally the product for you. They have been so kind to give all of you a 10% discount, the code emotional. 10 e-m-o-t-i-o-n-a-l 10 and the link is also below in the show notes you can click that link get yourself 10 percent off on the air the arc has been my best friend for years um it is good for all sorts of stimulation you can use it with a partner um just really great for a little date night out with yourself but don't miss out on this get the emotional 10 discount today All right. Well, welcome to the Emotional Mastery Podcast. Today, I have Madeline Tavares of the Clean Bee Podcast. Um, Her podcast is all about clean and toxic-free living, which is such an important topic for me. But I'm going to let you introduce yourself. And I always ask my guests, um, you know, just tell us as much or as little as you like about your story, how you got to where you are. And yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for having me. I'm so honored and excited to connect with you more. Um, Yeah. So I've got the podcast, Clean Bee Podcast, and it's really all about um, my whole mission is really just helping people move through the things that, you know, no longer serve them. So whether that's like up leveling your personal care products and getting rid of the toxic chemicals, you know, in your food or your pantry. Um, or, you know, moving through toxic emotions or old self-talk or mindset shifts or really anything that can help, you know, elevate you into that next level of who you'd like to be and and really so that you can feel your most vibrant. Um, but I guess a little like really quick background. Um, I'm from Florida originally. Um, I'm currently living in the Cayman Islands. I've lived in the Caribbean since I 
graduated from college, which was in 2013. And long story short, um, I, I had this weird like health scare right when I moved a couple months in after moving to the Virgin Islands after I graduated college. And I was going back and forth to the doctors. It was a staph infection that wouldn't heal. And it was just like a really just, I don't know. I had never experienced anything really quote unquote wrong with my body. I feel very blessed and very grateful that I've been really healthy my whole life. And that was the first time where I was experiencing something where my body wasn't seeming to heal and it was having these repeat infections. And I'm like, something's going on. There's something deeper here. And so that was really the catalyst that you know prompted me to go down the wormhole, so to speak, and dive into all things holistic health and wellness because every doctor just wanted to continuously put me on every type of antibiotic. They didn't really have answers for me. And so I just took it into my own hands and was like, well, I'm going to figure this out. I was 22 years old and I was like in a country that I'd never, you know, in a different country, like away from home really nervous about all of it. But looking back, I'm very grateful that I had that experience because that was the slow trajectory that's, you know, led me over the past nine, 10 years of, you know, now being 30 and having gone through all of those experiences and uh, realizing that so much of my passion lies in helping others move through those experiences and so that they can feel vibrant. And really when you, when you peel back the layers of the onion, you can see that so much of the way that we feel day in and day out has to do with what we're putting into our bodies and really like setting that tone and setting the foundation. And so, yeah, that's sort of, you know, the mission and what I like to do with the page and the podcast. And, um, and yeah, so I'm just excited to talk about all the things with you today. Yeah, absolutely. I think when we like first connected, like we just, there's so much aligned within both of our missions and what we're trying to do. And I think like this, you know, the emotional mastery podcast, like I talk a lot about emotions. And for me, that was the thing that really allowed me to get in touch with my body. But then I feel like what you do is so important because there is so much to that, right? Like there, it's, it's everything like it's skincare, it's the products we use at home. It's just like, it's environmental things. It's, you know, it's, such a huge, huge topic. And it's can't, I feel like it can be really overwhelming, right? Like I yeah. really paid attention for a long time to like what I eat. I'm plant-based. I really try and eat really, you know, clean. But then it got to the point where I was like, oh shit, like I'm eating all this good food, but yet my skincare is terrible. Right. Or like, so it's, it's, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's so interesting and it's so important. Like where, I guess like, where do you even begin with all of it? You know? <laughs> yeah, that's a, <laughs> yeah, you pretty much question, summed it like- up. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, exactly. That was really um, you know, the impetus behind wanting to like create a space and a platform to like share the information because it is overwhelming. I remember, like I said, I was 22 years old. I go down this wormhole on the internet and just I'm like knee deep in these, you know, different peer-reviewed journals, and I'm in like the Lexus Nexus, and I'm in the um, finding whatever books, podcasts, articles, everything, just like digging and digging. And I remember feeling like, holy shit, like despite my best intentions, like exactly like you said, I, I realized that I was actually putting crap in and on my body, even though I thought I was doing a good job. You know, it was like eating regular 
chicken, eating, you know, the Yoplait yogurt, just buying the regular, you know, broccoli from the store. Not that there's necessarily anything wrong with those things, but it just made me, it just opened my eyes, so to speak. So um, I think a really great place to start for anybody that is maybe just now stumbling into the world of what I like to call low-tox living um, is really simple as best. That's, that is the biggest takeaway um, that I can offer because I think we've been sort of conned into this paradigm that we need to have a product for everything. We need like a window cleaner, a sink cleaner, a toilet cleaner, a shower cleaner, a floor cleaner. And it's like, like, yo, you don't need 17 cleaners for one room in your house. Like you don't need 17 products for your face. You know, it's this very consumerism driven market. And like, while there are pros and cons to every situation and I'm not necessarily for or against, you know, whatever, but it's just having an awareness, having an awareness that there is this market that really benefits from us buying into the belief that we need all these things. And all of these things don't actually serve us and serve our body, serve our environment and serve ultimately our highest good. So I think, you know, peeling back those layers and just going simple is best is like the best place you can start because otherwise it can feel a bit overwhelming and you you can get really easily caught up in like the scientific jargon. Um, and it's like, oh, I don't know what this means. I don't know what PEG stands for. I don't, what is BPA? It's like, okay, you don't actually have to know all of the biochemical processes. You don't have to have a degree in, in science to serve your body. So you, I say just start simple and then go from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that getting like, for me, getting in tune with my body was huge. Like, and then I started using, you know, just like vinegar to wash my counters and things like that. And then one time, I don't know, I just like went back to the bleach and it was like mm-hmm. my, my my body reacted to it. Like I got headaches. I can, you know, like I, my throat was on fire and it was like something that I never really noticed when I was using it prior. Right. So it's like that slow, really tuning into yourself. And I think that translates to a lot. I want to go back to um, just like the doctors. So for me, part of my, my like journey into more so like trusting my body wasn't necessarily with myself, but my daughter. And I know you had mentioned your staph infection that like wouldn't go away. Yeah. And my daughter had when she was, gosh, I mean, from like eight months until like five, she had chronic ear infections. And it would get to the point where we would go to the doctor and it was just like, they would look in her ear and like write me a prescription, right? So they, she got immune to the moxicillin and then they're like, well, now we need it upper to like the next thing and then do two rounds of it. And so it was just like, so frustrating for me to go and it's like, okay, you're constantly giving me antibiotics, but there is something wrong that nobody is looking at, you know? And I, I related to that, like you had mentioned with that. And I think, I think that's a lot of... Western medicine is beautiful in its own way. I, my mom has never really, I never really grew up taking medicine. Like I never really taken Tylenol, never really got the flu shot. Like if something was wrong, then I'd have taken, um, I was in a bad relationship and this is just like our body. I feel like is always telling us something, but I was in a bad relationship and I had all sorts of gynecological issues, like crazy, Mm. like doctors couldn't explain it. They were like, Oh, I don't know why it keeps happening. We'll do this test and this test. And it was like that when that relationship ended, everything went away. Right. So it's like, it's just so crazy how we are so out of tune with ourselves, you know? Mm. And that's like, I feel like that's the part of it is like the power of emotions. 
right? Like how does that, how has your relationship with emotions also maybe helped in, in just like getting in tune with yourself and what piece does that play for you in, you know, clean and toxic free living? Mm, Yeah, that's a really beautiful question. Well, one, definitely like sending you love for going through that with your daughter. I, I, I don't have children yet, but I look forward to that moment in time. And I can't even imagine like how frustrating it must be. And, and yeah, exactly. Like you said, Western medicine is beautiful in its own right. And, um, but I really think that so many people are waking up to the fact that there have, and always have been these other modalities that for centuries have the Western, you know, sort of paradigm have been trying to suppress. Um, and there's really just a lot of power in these more healing modalities that are more traditional and more ancient, some of them, you know, coming from the East and bridging them and bringing them together. Because I think that ultimately that's what serves the highest good for everyone is, is by bringing it together. So, um, yeah, to answer your question of, of emotions, I mean, it's funny because that, I don't think that was something that I consciously was aware of in the beginning of the journey, quote unquote journey. Um, but as I've, as I've gotten older and I've, I've looked back, it's really interesting. Um, I've had some similar experiences where just like weird things happening in my body when I was going through things. And now that I'm, I have a lot more awareness and knowledge, I kind of tap into that when, oh, why is my neck hurting? Or why am I having lower back pain? And actually asking myself like, okay, what is this telling me? And what can I do to support my body in its healing process? And I know we were quickly chatting um, before we hit record just about birth control, but that's been that's been one of the biggest uh, journeys that I've undertaken in recent years is getting off of the pill. And it was something that I had done previously just for pure health insurance and overwhelm reasons <laughs> mm-hmm. is I took a break and then got back onto it, completely abandoned my own intuition in that moment because my body was telling me no. I didn't listen. And then I finally, I guess, saw through the haze, so to speak, and realized that it was something that I needed to break up with for good. And a big part of the healing journey, this this go around, like not only do I have all of the tools to support my body in the quote unquote tactical and practical with, I know what supplements, I know, you know, cycle charting, I use fertility awareness method and all these different modalities that I've learned in my own process and education. But the added layer of the emotional intelligence with my own body and literally sending healing energy to my womb space. And I feel like the listeners of your podcast are definitely, they know what I mean by this, but if the off chance someone listening is like, what do you mean? (laughs) I, the best way I can describe it would be a novice form of Reiki. Um, you know, because I'm not a Reiki practitioner, but I do believe that we all have the power to harness our own energy. And I just, I genuinely just put my hands over my womb space, over my ovaries. And I just envision that I'm sending healing energy and healing love. And I actually feel like that's been been one of the biggest game changers is bringing in that other element um, and, and really just like just honoring, just honoring the fact that we have this collective wound as women and, you know, allowing ourselves the space to like 
reflect and turn inward, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I think we carry like so much trauma in that area, right? In our hips and our womb, especially, yeah, for women. And it's always that because like we were talking about, I'm I'm at the point where I'm really I'm ready to get I've been off birth control since I was 16 years old. I'm almost 36, right? So this is a long time. And and yeah. I have been off and on with like acne, like hormonal acne. I'm like, I eat right. I feel like my, you know, my skincare has gotten a lot better. Environmental factors are okay. Like granted, this is Thanksgiving week. So I've had like a few more sweets than I should, which is probably like, you know, the outbreak, but like, (laughs) but I'm like, there's something deeper within this. Right. And it's like, I, you know, I move my body a lot. And so, yeah. And I think just tapping into that always, it's just, it's the thing that's been coming up for me more and more. Um, and I think I was dating somebody once and we were talking about birth control because I'm actually, so I have an IUD and it's, it's over time to take it out. But my doctor was like, oh, well, you can leave it in for seven years. It's really good for five, but they, you know, it's actually, or they say five, but it's actually good for seven. So there's no rush to like get it taken out. Mm. But I've just been noticing that now I'm like over that five years, like my body's just, it's been acting a little bit funny. So I'm like, eh, it's time Mm -hmm. to get it taken out. But yeah, I was dating someone that was like, why don't you just get your tube tied? Why don't you just get like a hysterectomy or like whatever? I'm like, why don't you? <laughs> why do I have to like launch myself into early menopause just to convenience you so you don't have to wear a condom? I don't know. It yes. Because like, oh. I think that is part of it too. It is the convenience of, oh, hey, like I can still have responsible sex, but like I don't have Absolutely. to worry about like the pregnancy factor of it. And I have two kids. So like I don't want another child, you know? Yeah. Like, Obviously, there are other ways to be safe, but it is there is that convenience layer of like, well, I have this, like we can have, you know what I mean? Don't have to be like so um, careful, I guess, which maybe is the wrong thing to say, but it's, you know what I mean? It is, it's life, you know, like, especially when you're intimate with someone there's, you know, but like, how do you, how do you, I don't even know what the question is there, but. Yeah, no, I I feel you. Sorry, go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say, like, how do you just weigh those two? <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I can, I can, I, I get the vibe of like what you're asking here. Uh-huh. Cause I, and, and I, I completely agree. It's, it's hilarious. Actually, my mom, um, my mom and dad, my dad got his, he got fixed, quote unquote fixed. Mm-hmm. Cause I remember, I, I remember when that happened. I remember my mom saying, well, I carried the three babies and gave birth to three babies. So like, it's your turn to do something. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and it, it's true. And and the first thing I just want to say is like, one, there should never, ever be any judgment. And I think that birth control is a beautiful invention in many ways. And it's empowered women to have the ability to have family planning and to be able to choose when they want when they want to have children and to have a say over their body and that's incredibly beautiful. So I don't want to downplay the importance of that, but in that same token and in, in that same breath it's it's imperative that that young girls know and have the education and have exposure to different options because ultimately that's what I find most upsetting now that I'm older is that Yes, I would well one, I wouldn't change anything because, you know, everything happens for a reason and I'm grateful f- for everything um that's brought me to the point where I am now, but I would have liked to have known that all of these different side effects can come into play when it comes to hormonal contraceptive. 
And that was never, it was never discussed. You know, these things were never even mentioned to me. So for, for me as a 18 year old kid, basically just going on the pill to prevent pregnancy, I was like, okay, well, like, I guess this is what you do. And that's it. Like it's my responsibility. I have to do this. And, you know, there was a time when we didn't have birth control pills, you know, and we didn't have IUDs and patches and pills and implants and all this. It's like, there's an inherent knowledge and wisdom that I think all women have. We've just been suppressing it. And people tell us that it's outside of our control. And I'm like, I feel like it's, it's our time to like connect back to that power and know that like, it's not without our, it's not without our, outside of our reach, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Because, you know, like getting in tune with your cycle, it is a bit overwhelming. So I can totally empathize with that. And and it does feel mentally safer as far as having unprotected sex. You know, you're like, okay, I've got this thing. This thing helps me. I don't have to worry about it. And I get it. Like I've been there. It's, it's so, you know, it is, it is, it is a thing, but I think also just knowing that it is possible to be so in tune with your body that you'll know when you're ovulating and you're like, you'll know, these are my few days where I can actually get pregnant. And if we're just careful and we use extra protection on those days, then, or we just abstain, then we're fine. And I think that just like giving that information and making it available is really important because otherwise I feel like it is very disempowering to women and it sort of is outsourcing our power essentially to say that like, well, you're, there's no way that you're going to be able to, to do this properly. So let me give you something that will make it work for you. And it's like, no, sorry, fuck you. My -hmm. body knows what it's doing and I can tune into it and know exactly what's happening when it's happening. Yeah. I think what you said is so powerful. And so I grew up internationally and I grew up around a lot of Europeans. So sex was oh, just cool. talked about, right? The education that we had was a little bit different. We, you know, in school, we had like the whole, you know, put the condom on the banana and like we really talked about all of it. <laughs> and I feel like here though, like in the States, there is this, there's a huge shame around it. And I feel like kids aren't exactly taught. Like for me, it was no question. Like, yes, I went and got birth control, but we also went and got condoms. Like we walked into the store and there wasn't necessarily that shame around it. Right. Whereas like I've had conversations with people here and it's kind of more the pull out and pray method. I'm like, why don't you just go get condoms? And they're like, oh, I couldn't do that. Or like, why don't you get birth control? Oh, I can't ask my mom to take me to get those. So it's Mm. like there, like you said, there is a lack of education from such an early age that they're kind of like figuring things out on their own. Like my daughter's 11, but I've already had the conversations with her because I want her to, I want her to feel empowered when she gets to that age, that, that those things start happening, that she doesn't have to feel like, oh my gosh, like I cannot tell my mom that I need, you know, condoms or birth control or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. granted, I'm not going to want her to, you know, if she's like 13, 14, 15 coming to me, but kids are going to do what they, they're going to do. And yeah, I think that empowering women from a younger age to understand those things allows you to get more in tune with your body and allows you to be safe and allows you to have more freeing, fun-filled sex than just like, mm-hmm. I think it can be just this, yeah, the shameful, like scary thing if you don't know otherwise, or if you're just not taught. So that's, that is a key and is a huge part of, I think the whole like women need to be on birth control thing. 
Yeah. But it is. It is an empowering thing, right? Like you said, when birth control was created, it gave us the ability to kind of control our bodies more, right? To Mm -hmm. say, like, I don't want to get pregnant now. Like, I want to have sex more freely instead of risking, you know, the chance that, like, if I have sex with you, I'm going to have your baby, you know? So (laughs) it's like that. It's that toss up. But yeah, I think, like, as you get more in tune with your body, and that's where I think I am in my journey. It's like, I feel like I'm more in tune with it in so many ways that just having that, like I said, I don't take. And there's nothing wrong with medicine. There's nothing wrong with Tylenol. There's nothing wrong with antibiotics. Like they're beautiful in their own way, but like, I just don't put that in my body. And Mm -hmm. so I'm like, I don't, I feel like I'm so clean, but yet I have this piece of plastic that's shooting hormones inside of me all day, you know, like (laughs) (laughs) it's, yeah, I feel you on that. That was the last thing for me as well. Like from, from, you know, kind of starting this journey around the age of 22 and then, up until be 28 and being on the pill, essentially, I took like a year break, but that was all. And and that same thing, I thought like, well, this is kind of the last piece. Like I, I feel very much the same kind of grew up in somewhat of a similar way as far as like um, my, my mom and dad didn't really let us take medicine and stuff unless it was absolutely necessary. And I'm grateful for that. Um, and, and yeah, I had the same exact feeling. I was like, okay, I think it's I think it's time. And I think that our body does kind of send us those intuitive hits like you were saying. You're you're just kind of feeling it. The fact that it's even in your consciousness, I feel like that means that it's like, okay, well maybe let me let me investigate this further. Um because if there's a reason that we're having the, you know, certain reoccurring thoughts of 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 certain things and if something's coming into our awareness, you know, maybe pay attention and just like, you know, dig a little deeper and see what's there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For me too. I don't, um, you don't drink, right? Um, or, well, no, I mean, I'm, I'm on an extended break right now. Yeah. Like that's a whole nother, (laughs) a whole nother topic we could, we could talk about, but yeah, cause I've, I've heard on your podcast, some of your conversations about that, which I Mm -hmm. absolutely love and, and appreciate you for sharing those. And, and, yeah, long story short, I decided um in the beginning of 2021 that I wanted to take an extended break from alcohol. Um not a big drinker anyway, like I wasn't really going out or doing anything like that. Um but like many people, lockdown in 2020 brought on a lot of like a lot more boozing at home and I was like just had this intuitive hit that I needed to take a break in order to like experience the deeper connection that I was seeking. Um, so I decided for my 30th birthday that I would just stop drinking and just see how long it goes. Um, full intention to enjoy a glass of wine or something here and there. Um, but just wanted to bring like a different intention and mindset into that. Yeah. Yeah, I just when you said things come into our like existence and a reality in our mind, you know, when they're meant to, because yeah, if you listen, like I have had this like up and down. I gave up alcohol for the summer and then I add it back in. Um, I bartend, so I had gotten a new job. Um, and so I had to like taste wines, but I didn't want to be like the, oh, I don't drink, you know, like so mm-hmm. I kind of like I did taste the wine and then that kind of like let let it back into my um, life. But yeah, I'm, so I'm kind of in this up and down phase now where it's like, I do it when it feels good, but then like, I'm still, I'm so noticing like the other night I had like two old fashions, which I don't usually, I usually just stick to red wine, but I had two old fashions. And like for like two days afterwards, I could feel it. Like my body just like didn't feel good. Mm. And so it's just like, I'm, it's just, it's another like difficult one. Cause I think there's such, such that social stigma of like, Oh, if somebody 
invites me out is the expectation. And there was somebody who didn't invite me out for a while because they're like, oh, well, you're not drinking. And I'm like, is that the basis mm-hmm. of our relationship that like I have to go out and drink? So it's kind of, it is hard and it is kind of painful, right? Because it's like, you don't want to talk to me. You don't want to hang out with me because I'm not drinking. Like, what about me? Like, what yeah. have you experienced any of that in your, in your, yeah. Yeah. Uh, God, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's really so funny is I just had this conversation with someone the other day of like how, when you say that you're not drinking, um, it can sometimes be met with the next question, which is, oh, well, why? And I think that there's just a lot of like societal conditioning there, like you mentioned. And it's the fact that sometimes when you say no to something, you're holding a mirror for the other person and then they're able to kind of see that maybe they don't necessarily want to be doing it either or it makes them question their own their own choices and sometimes people aren't ready to face those questions or they don't want to answer those questions rather um i think like the biggest help for me in this journey um has just been talking about it and when I made the decision, which I'm not going to lie and say that it was like, I just got this intuitive hit and I was like, oh, like I'm so guided and yeah, I'm just going to give up alcohol. Like, no, the intuitive hit came to me. And then I was like, fuck that. I don't even barely drink. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I was like, no way. This is stupid. I don't need to give up alcohol. Like I resisted it so hard. I was like, no, I don't, I don't need to give up alcohol. That's so stupid. Like, no, 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 no. And then that was when I realized, okay, maybe this is my ego and I'm going through this whole spin and spiral of emotions. And I just realized I was like, okay, if I do want to do this and commit to this, I need to let people know because I need people to know because that's going to hold me, that's going to hold me accountable. So the first thing that I did was I told every single person that I care about, and I told them my plan. So I told my partner, told my parents, told my, all my best friends, anybody in a group chat in my WhatsApp that I like, you know, your your happy hour group chats and all this and that. I just said to everybody, I said, listen, this is what I'm doing. It's for me. It's I feel called to, to go down this path at this moment. Um, and like, I, I love and appreciate you. And I still want to hang out. I still want to do things. Um, I'm just letting you know. And I feel really grateful that the support was literally only positive and everybody was like, oh, that's epic. Like I'll, I'll support you. And then even some people joined. So I think like at the end of the day, the, the most helpful thing is getting people around you that support your decisions and don't question them because I have, there has been other times in my life years past um, when I was also in really toxic a partnership and it wasn't like that. And people would pressure me and they're like, come on, just have one shot, you know, just have one drink. I don't understand. And I was like 24, 25 and I would say no. And then eventually I would just be like, okay, fine. Like, I'm just so annoyed with you asking me. So I think it just has to be, it has to really sit within you. Like you have to really feel that feeling and, and know that it's, it's your own choice and and then finding people that are going to help prop up that choice and support you in your in your social circle as well. Mm-hmm. Does your partner drink now or 
Yeah, he does. He's yeah. he's actually European. He's from Germany. Okay. Um, and uh, he has like he the the European way. Like you just mm-hmm. come home, you have like your one or two beers, and that's that's what he does, and that's how he's always been. Um, he's the very opposite of like the American culture of like getting hammered. Like I don't think I've ever seen him hammered ever. Mm-hmm. Like I think I've seen him fairly tipsy about two or three times in the almost five years of dating. So it's just his relationship to alcohol is a lot different than what mine was. And, um, and you know, I'm not going to lie in the beginning of me giving up, deciding to take a break. I was like, I wasn't sure if that was going to be a problem. Like I thought, is this going to like trigger me? Am I going to want to drink because he's drinking? And I don't know. I, he supports me and I don't really feel any type of way. I feel, I feel good. Like I'm not really worried about it. And yeah, we just kind of have like our own little routine and he has his beer and I have my kombucha for now. And mm-hmm. one day I will mm-hmm. definitely enjoy wine and stuff again. But I mean, I don't know. I think everybody has their own, their own journey that they need to go on, you know? Yeah, Absolutely. I think, gosh, I think it was like 12 when I started drinking, which is really young. <laughs> I'm like, gosh, my daughter's like almost 12. It's wild. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I was raised around more like European. So wine was just like kind of like a glass of wine with dinner. And then I got to college and I think I had gotten like all the partying out of my system in high school. So I went to college and I was in Spain, um, but we had like transfer students and they would come and just get so drunk. And I was like, whoa, yeah. you guys are like so much right now. <laughs> because like I had done it you know but but I think like starting that young also because I do have the dynamic like I am American I'm an American that grew up overseas so Mm -hmm. I think that part of that is still like ingrained in you you know so it was like then then when I got into toxic relationships abusive relationships then I leaned really heavily on the alcohol to like get me through it right to take the edge off Mm -hmm. at night so I didn't have to stress and I could sleep and so then it became like then it became a problem and I didn't really realize that until I had started my my like healing journey. And I was like, okay, all of these other things are like working. Like what th- what is the disconnect here? And so then I started pulling back on it. And and 2020 for me was interesting. I think I got I got more in tune with my I think I started off drinking more at home because I was like, mm-hmm. what else am I gonna do? But then yeah. I started meditating more. So then it was like, okay, well, I want to meditate at night, but if my wine, I'm not gonna meditate. So then I just started slowly meditating every day. And then, so I, I set the bar of like, okay, well, if I still want to have a drink after I meditate, then I'll have one. Right. And so then it just kind of like slowly, cause then by the time I was done, it was like nine, 10 o'clock and I was like, eh, I'm kind of tired. I'll go to bed. So that was like yeah. kind of the progression for me. And just that for me really allowed me like more tuned into my body. And so then, then I noticed when I was getting drunk or was drinking too much, like I just felt like shit, like I would get irritated with my kids and I'm like, this isn't fair for them that I chose to like drink too much last night, you know? So yeah, it is. That's a tough one. I think that's, I think for me, the key part was just like to stop shaming myself. Like if I do yes. have a drink, if I do have two drinks, if I have fun after work and go out and have a couple of drinks with coworkers, like not come home and be like, oh, well now I'm not spiritual anymore. Now I'm not yes. like on a path. You know, it's like we all have our own path and it just because I'm doing this doesn't set me back. I'm still learning in the process. And that shifted things for mm. me a little bit where I didn't feel like I had to be this way or that way. So. Yes. Oh my God. I resonate with that so much. I think that's so important 
as well, because I think there is like similar with, you know, like toxic positivity and, Mm. um, you know, toxic health and wellness, because so much of the health and wellness scene is, you know, maybe unintentionally quite pretentious and especially in the sobriety movement, like, which is an amazing thing, but there is a lot of like, oh, well, you know, you either are or you aren't like, you can't be, Mm. you either are sober or you're not sober. And it's like, I think we just need to take away the shame and the judgment and just bring intention into it. Because Mm -hmm. the way I like to think of alcohol now, in my own opinion, is that it's this cool thing that we have (laughs) that we used to use in a more ceremonious way. And we would get it to get, we would have it in celebration, in moments of celebration. And Similar to even if you think about um, the the surge in like a lot of the plant medicine and that movement, you know, like five, 10 years ago, people had no idea. Well, not people, but I'd say the majority of Westerners didn't know what um, ayahuasca was. And now it's like ayahuasca ceremonies everywhere. And I'm like, you're taking away the power of these things when you're using it in a way with no intention. And I think that that's what alcohol has become is this very much like it's so saturated and it's just everywhere in our society that we're just sort of like, oh, you know, like it's just wine, not Wednesday. You know, it's like, why not? You know, mom needs wine, like all these things. And we've become numb to it. And I think that if we can just strip it away for a time and kind of get a fresh perspective on it. And again, this is just my own experience, but is that I now feel like I have, um, I I hope that I can bring more intention to when I then choose and decide and then not allow myself to feel shame because it it doesn't take you off your spiritual path. I mean, our path Mm -hmm. is our path and we're meant to experience all of these different levels. And I think that um, if we can just not be judgmental and shameful of our own self and then come at it with more intention, I think is like the the biggest, the biggest help, at least for me personally. Yeah. So much of what you just said is so powerful because I think like no matter if it's alcohol or processed food or sugars, you know, kind of we all have these things that that it's like blocking us from being with us. Right. Like, and I think like the social aspect of alcohol, it's like for me, I was shy for so much of my life. So it was just easy to go out and have a drink. And then I could kind of let loose a little bit and like be accepted, you know, or like feel like I fit in. Um, but I think it's just like so much, like you said about this, like this health and wellness and the diet culture and all these things, which is why like I always talk about, which has been like the biggest thing in my journey was being able to trust myself and really get to know myself because mm. I, for so much of my life, like you, do you, you know, your human design? Yeah, I'm okay. a I'm a um generator. Okay. Do you have an open G center or or defined um, G center? I'm a five one profile and a sacral Okay. Uh, so like I don't know. Center, I can't remember if my yeah. G center is open okay. or not. So mine is undefined. And when you have an undefined G center, identity center, it's like you're very you're soaking in the energy of others, like you don't create it within yourself. And so part of that for me when I learned human design, that was really powerful. And human design, energetics, whatever you want to call it. Like it doesn't have to be like pigeonholed to human design, but that was just what made sense for me energetically. Mm-hmm. But I had this center, the space within me that was open. So it was like, I was tasting all these, the energy of others. Right. And it was kind of like, I was always, 
I just wasn't really like sure of myself. And I think also being an American, being raised overseas, like I didn't know like culturally where I fit in, you know, like I was around all like religions and things. So just like my journey has been really coming back to myself and really being so sure of like what I want and what I need and what I like and what I desire, all these things has helped me kind of curb those other elements and be more Mm. in tune with like, okay, so keto may work wonderful for some people. It doesn't work for me, right? Like paleo may, you know? And so I think, but that's also, I'm a six, three, my profile. So I'm just trial and error everything, right? So (laughs) I'll try it all, but then I can always come back now to like what actually feels good. And I think that's really important. And what I really try and like talk about a lot is like getting in tune with yourself because no matter what else, like if you can do that, everything else is going to flow because you actually know what feels good. And I think a lot of these things just take us so far out of ourselves that it's so hard to, it's like, and that's why like even what you do with like, you know, clean and toxic free, it's like, it's so important because even just those little steps that you can take can really tune you into yourself. And that's where the power is. Exactly. Oh my God. I resonate with that so much. Yeah. And I love what you even said about, you know, like keto maybe works for one person or or whatever, paleo, whatever. And that's like, yeah, that's like the antithesis of like what, <laughs> you know, especially with social media, it's just, it, there's so many things that, that we're always looking outside of ourselves for something or someone or a guru or a thing to tell us what we actually already know inside. Because we'll, like you just said, like we'll know because we will feel a certain way. And that's what really irritates me about so much of the the diet dogma, um, you know, is that people will shame other people for the way that they eat. And, and even with, and that's really what I, I try not to bring that energy into the whole low tox living space and just sharing information. And then you, it's up to you to take what you would like. Like I start every podcast episode saying, take what resonates, leave what doesn't. Like you don't, I'm not here to tell you how to live your life. I'm just sharing my own experience. And if there's a grain of sand in there that benefits you and helps you in your journey, then, then take that grain of sand, you know, and we're all bio individual. So what works for one won't work for another. And like you said, it is so imperative that people come back to themselves and stop looking outside of ourselves for something or someone to fix us because we're we're not broken first of all, mm-hmm. and and we we can be empowered with our own energy. Um, I think is really important. Yeah, I've had clients before that some of them are just like they want to know like what they should eat and like like write me a list and tell me this and tell me that and I'm always just like what feels good because it's like yes I can tell you the base of like what a healthy diet is, but beyond that like you said, we're, we're also different. It's like our bodies have different needs. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, how do you, so, so, um, I was going to ask like one of the things, so I know you are a vibrancy health coach. And so like, how do you translate all of that into your clients? Like, do they, have you experienced that where people like just want to like, they want to know like step-by-step, but it's like, for me, it's so hard because I think there is no one way to do it. Um, so I just be interested to see how, how your approach is on that. Yeah. Well, thank you for asking that. I mean, I definitely, um, you know, it's funny. I, I really struggled with the term health coach for, because that is kind of what, 
um, I guess what in the mainstream you would call what it is that I do is a health coach. And, um, but for literally eight years, I've never liked that word ever since I knew that I kind of wanted to go down this path. And I thought, you know, something about it doesn't resonate with me because I think that it's so much more than just your health. And, and then that's when I've in the past year, I've really stepped into this next evolution of that. And I'm calling it like a vibrancy health coach, because I believe that ultimately if we can strip away the things that aren't serving us, we can raise our vibration and live a vibrant life, which I think is what everyone ultimately wants. And, um, but to answer your question of just, you know, with it's a handholding and, and I think that we all want it doesn't matter how quote unquote evolved we are. Um, I think at some, some level, there's like a very basic human instinct where we just want someone to tell us what to do and to like show us the way. And I think that what's important is if you are a person that's in the space where you get to have the privilege of offering your advice and guidance to another human being is that you always leave that container and, and, and let them know that this is only guidance and that they need to take what works and leave what doesn't. And that the more that they play around and experiment, and this is what I've, I've done with past clients is, you know, I, I make it very clear from the beginning when we work together, like this is a journey. I am here to support you and guide you. I'm not here to tell you what to do. So I will offer you tools and things that you can use. And if something sticks and you really love it, that's awesome. We've found something to add into your, into your pillars in your day. And if it doesn't, that's okay. That just means it wasn't meant for you. And having that open dialogue and also that an open mindset and an open heart to be willing to explore and try new things together and discover what works um, is ultimately what I find is, is the most helpful with, with clients. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's powerful. I think that's, yeah, it's just knowing that just to experiment really, I think is, is, it's huge and really like tap into like tap into that feeling. And I know like when it, for me, like, of course, so much comes back to emotions for me because I'm like, Love I it. feel like our emotions can just like so overrun us. I was even like, I think I woke up at like three o'clock in the morning last night because I just could not sleep. And that's something that like kept going on in my head. It was just like our emotions, there's such like a guidance system, but yet we like take it to such a mental space and then it becomes this overwhelming like body feeling. Mm. And so I think like a lot of, for me, I work with a lot. It's just like kind of coming back to that and like trusting that and like, but I don't know, it can be overwhelming and it can be confusing sometimes. Even, you know, I'm however many years like into this journey and I still have days where I'm just like, I don't know, I feel so much. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, which I love that. I love that about your podcast as well, because it is, it's so, it is all coming back to, to our emotions and Mm -hmm. then, and what we do with that information. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, yeah, even with all of this, like there's some part of your body that tunes you into what you're feeling, how something makes you feel and whether that's, you know, an emotion or just a feeling or, you know, like you said before, it's like when you have like any, when you pay attention to certain areas of your body that may be like hurt or creak or whatever, it's like 
everything is telling you something. Your womb, like when I, you know, put my hands or I'm like doing meditations or I'm working out and I kind of like tap into that for a second, like it's telling you something, you know, and it's really, really cool to like kind of get in tune with that. Um, but I kind of want to go back to, so skincare, cause that's, as, that's been like a journey for me too, is, you know, I'm always trying to like find more like cleaner skincare. Um, yeah. what would be like the big things that you would say, like the things to stay away from when you're looking at your skincare? Yeah. Amazing question. Um, and this is, I think, especially important for women because we tend to be the ones like slapping on all the other products and this, that, and the other. Um, I definitely would say stay, I really hate to just, you know, kind of call them out, but whatever is what it is. Stay away from the mass produced really big brands. I think that's like one of the the easiest tools that you can take away, not because there's you know something inherently wrong, but it's like these really massive brands like Procter and Gamble, Johnson and Johnson, um, they don't, they really don't have the consumer's best interest at heart, and it's very apparent when you just look at their track records. And the other thing that happens with these big companies is that they're obviously the bottom line is is important, and so they will find ways to cut corners to in fluff up that bottom line. And the way you cut corners is by introducing products that are usually petroleum byproducts, um, a lot of synthetic preservatives and fragrances and all of these other um, emulsifiers and this, that, and the other that will prolong the shelf life of the product, will make it um, the, the fragrance last on your skin longer. And none of that actually does you any good. So, you know, getting rid of like the the brands that fall under the umbrella of those really big companies i think is just an easy way to avoid some of the nasty chemicals that are contained in those products um and then searching or seeking out brands that are transparent would be what you would replace it with so when it comes to transparency it's really the wild wild west there isn't a lot of regulation. Um, and I'm not necessarily saying that there should be. It it just is what it is. But there's just there's not a lot of regulation when it comes to, especially in America. Um, the FDA haven't updated the personal care product um, regulations since like 1934. It's something astronomically mm-hmm. bizarre where you're like, what? And they don't even have the power to actually recall products, which a lot of consumers don't know. Mm-hmm. There was recently um, several Neutrogena sun creams that were essentially on alert of needing to be taken off the shelves um, because it was found that they contained like some really harmful cancer-causing compounds in them as a byproduct of some of the other ingredients that these products are made with. Yet they don't have the power to actually recall those products and get them off the shelves. So the that then leaves it up to the um, business that's selling these products to make that choice and to make that decision. And what do you think most businesses are going to do? They're going to probably just mark it down and, and try to sell it for cheap to get rid of the inventory. And I'm not here to cast judgment on that, but it's just, it leaves a lot of room to be desired and it leaves a lot of the onus on the consumer to be informed um, to really avoid a lot of these contaminants. So I say stay away from the big, massive produced brands and then look for brands that are offering you transparency. 
Um, there's also some really great online resources like the Environmental Working Group. That's one of my favorite nonprofit organizations that essentially has been in the game for a really long time being a consumer advocate. And they have an amazing resource on their website. Um, they also have an app called Think Dirty um, that allows you to, and I can send you the link to that so that people mm-hmm. can download it if they want, because it's free. Um, and I'd say these are just really great places to start when you're new in this journey, because otherwise it can feel really overwhelming. Um, and if you just lean on these resources and you can actually enter in information and just get a, get their rating. And now you can take that rating with a grain of salt, but at least now you can see, okay, they're questioning this ingredient. Let me research this ingredient. Why do they say this ingredient is bad? And now you can go on your own search and understand, okay, oh, this is what this is made of. And this causes, this has been shown to cause, you know, X amount of side effects. So it's, you know, it can be a bit of a winding journey, but I say, if you can just, and then keeping it simple, especially with skincare, less is more, um, you know, especially if we're having hormonal breakouts and stuff, like I've gotten it too, especially with the reintroduction of having to wear masks here where I'm at. Um, cause we, we kind of got a break for a little bit. Um, but but just really allowing like our skin to to breathe and and not be so overwhelmed with all of the all of the chemicals because that's ultimately what so many products like so much stuff is is petroleum byproduct and it's mm-hmm. it's it is so not beneficial to our body. Yeah. So these Neutrogena products are still out there. Um, I would imagine that by now they're probably all all gone. But it was a certain it was a certain. And I can't remember the exact brand um, or the exact title, but it was Neutrogena and it was Johnson and Johnson. Um, yeah, essentially they mm. were containing benzene, which is a known carcinogen. And yeah. that's the thing with a lot of these ingredients. And the other part that is a little bit frustrating is that they'll say, you know, well, these ingredients, they're safe, you know, at the doses that they're in. But the problem is that we're not taking into account the the mass accumulation that we're getting from all of these micro exposures over time and all of that building up into our own bioindividuality. Maybe you're someone that's already experiencing eczema and then the introduction of this new product just tips you over the edge and you get a full-blown breakout of it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and and then the byproducts of these certain chemicals that are unintended like the benzene, which is what was found in the sunscreen, which that's what is in gas. I mean, that's what's in gasoline, (laughs) you know? And it's like, we don't want to be pouring gasoline on our skin or breathing it in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just to think that, that that's, you know, what we're up against, but it's not to, to sound like doom and gloom. It's just to be real, just to be real. And, um, and just know that like you can take the power back by becoming educated and then voting with your dollar mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Yeah. My like skincare journey, I feel like started in um, sunscreen as well because I, when I was in school, um, I went for integrative nutrition and I was studying, you know, there was a whole thing on like sunscreen and how it's not even, you know, like skin cancer. It's a lot to do with the chemicals that are reacting with the sun and your body and like all mm-hmm. these things. So I just started cleaning up like my, my sunscreen. I, f- first of all, I don't even like to, like I grew up 
on the beach, but like I don't even like to be in the sun just for that reason. Like I just I don't like how it feels on my skin, and then I load myself up with it. Um, so like I go outside, but I like to sit in the shade or like yeah, whatever. But um, but yeah, like then I so I clean my my sunscreen up, but then I noticed like my mom would take my kids to the pool, but like be spraying them down with yeah, like Neutrogena or like all these other things, and I just was like, why am I? So I, then I switched up theirs, but. I always feel like for food and it kind of translates translates into everything else for me, but like my like rule of thumb, one of them was just like, if it has a commercial, don't eat it. Yes. And so I kind of like do that for skincare or like whatever, like some of the products that I use, I've never seen a commercial for, or I'll go to the farmer's market. And I just recently found it was an olive oil company, but they started making skincare and their ingredients are legit, just like olive oil, coconut oil. Like they're just really good. And I, like, I put it on in the morning and I come home and I can just, my skin just feels good as opposed to just mm. like, you know, the big tub of whatever brand that is, that's like the coconut oil or whatever. Yeah. So I like try and use that for like me and my kids. Um, I love what you said about the vegetable commercial. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, like you might see a commercial for avocados, right? But like, no, but it's so true. It's so true. Yeah. Cause you don't need a commercial to tell you that broccoli is good for you. You know, it's like the the brands may be pushing you to it, but then it's like you, you already know that that's healthy for you. So what the, you know, the commercial, the dollars aren't being well spent, right? Because it's like, there's no need to, but so where, so, um, this was my question. I, when you're looking at like redoing your skincare, because I know like organic and healthy, all these, they are expensive. They can be expensive. And I think that's Mm -hmm. for a lot of people. That is the issue. It's like, we are just in this, you know, especially now economy is like what it is, but what are like small things that you can change that might not like break the bank? Like, is there something that you recommend maybe making at home that might be cheaper or like certain brands or like, how do you balance it out? Cause that's what a lot of people, especially when it comes to food, when I talk to them, they're like, it's so expensive to eat organic and it yeah. is right. But it's like, yeah. So like, I always say, you know, for food, it's like the dirty dozen, like at least get those organic. So is there something similar that you would say for skincare? Yeah, that's awesome. I definitely, um, I definitely agree. And I think that with, with skincare first, it's the same with any of the products in your house. If, you know, unless you have the means and you just decide you want to get rid of everything and then restock your cabinet straight away. Okay. Go on with your bad self. But if budget is of concern, which is absolutely what the case has been for me, the majority of my life, um, is doing it one thing at a time because then you're not going to notice it and it's not going to be as big of a hit. And then one day you will have a completely beautiful, you know, skincare routine that you're really proud of. Um, and that will kind of help offset the, the cost upfront. But I definitely think that Castile soap is really underrated. Um, Dr. Bronner's is a brand. Mm-hmm. I think pretty much everyone knows Dr. Bronner's. Um, that's a great option for, I mean, you can use it everywhere. I mean, can use it to clean your floors, your laundry, your hair, your face, your body, wash your produce. Um, you know, you can do all of these things with Castile soap. And I think that, um, if you're just looking to make a switch right there, that's a really affordable option. And and those larger bottles go a long way, um, because you don't really need that much. Um, but I also think, relying on if especially if you're new in this journey i think relying on some of the resources out there like the environmental working group 
um, to just get your footing and and start getting an understanding of of what things to look out for. Um, so for like me personally, I decided um, when I first went down this path, I found a few brands that I just did a crap ton of research on and loved their ingredients. And then I still use them to this day. So it's like you, you'll find, you'll just find something. And if it works for you, so it's like, if it works for me, it might not work for somebody else, but some of the brands are mad hippie. Um, that's a skincare brand that I've time and time again has come up and I feel like they do an excellent job and they're very transparent. Um, so they sell a lot of really beautiful wild crafted serums with botanicals. They do vitamin C serums, things like that. Um, and a really good oil cleanser. I think an oil cleanser specifically C buckthorn. And again, I'm not an esthetician, so don't come, don't at me any SDs <laughs> that are listening, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> these are just, you know, the things that have worked with for me. Um, but a lot of those brands, you can just, you can kind of like play around, see what actually works. And another like tip is if you go to an actual esthetician, um, you can actually find there are spas and, and places out there that have a holistic focus. Um, that's what I personally see here in the Cayman islands and they will give you samples of like the nice expensive stuff that is like good quality, good ingredients. And is also is effective because that's another component that can kind of be an added layer, but get some free samples and then see if it even works for your skin before you invest the big bucks in buying, you know, the full size bottle. But again, less is more. And I think that if you just do one product at a time, it will lessen the impact. And then you can slowly build up your, your routine with, as opposed to having to take a massive hit all at once. Yeah. I have a selfish question. <laughs> oh, go for it. Do you have any recommendations for like makeup? Because I'm like literally Ooh, just yeah. like finished out and I was using, um, gosh, a bath and body works or bed, but yeah, baths, one of those. And I knew like- Bare minerals? Yeah, maybe, maybe it was. <laughs> I, yeah, I was at the airport and I was like, oh, I need some makeup and whatever. But like, I just feel like it wasn't great for me. Um, but I do like, I again, I try and do stuff that's, you know, doesn't have a commercial and that's not like wildly known. But as I'm like now have to like re-up all my like makeup, I'm like, I don't know. Like, what do you, do you have any recommendations yeah. for makeup products? 100%. I love this question. <laughs> um, yes, two, two brands um, in particular. 100% uh, pure which is they're also they also make skincare which I just want to really quickly tack on one thing um cuz we mentioned the the convert you know the topic of of ingredients being organic the thing with the actual USDA seal organic seal we know how it impacts with food which is great but um they actually can't have that seal on the products unless it actually contains like elements of food. Um, mm -hmm. so when you do see that on a skincare product, that means that it has definitely come from a natural source because otherwise it wouldn't be able to have the USDA label on it. But also just remember that, um, sometimes just because it's a natural ingredient doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to be beneficial to your skin. So like coconut oil, for instance, is actually comnogenic. So it can actually really clog your pores and actually 
make acne prone skin even worse. So it's natural. It's from mother nature. It's beautiful. We eat it. We can rub it all over our skin, but is it the right answer for everyone? No. Mm-hmm. So I just want to like make sure just, you know, to reiterate that for the listener, because just because something is natural and has super clean, awesome ingredients doesn't necessarily mean it's like the end all be all for your skincare routine. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So hundred percent mm-hmm. pure. Um, again, they sell skincare, but they also do makeup. And the second brand is called Zao, like Z-A-O. Um, both are amazingly beautiful, transparent in their ingredients. Um, I personally use Zao. I use their like BB cream liquid foundation that they make. They're also very eco-friendly. Everything comes in a wooden tub and then they send you little metal refills so that Mm. you can actually restock and you're not just throwing away compact after compact and all of that, um, which I really appreciate that. So I would definitely recommend checking out both of those brands. Um, And then for more like mainstream brands that are at least a little bit better, um, Tarte, is one that a lot of people know. I mean, not, they're not, you know, as clean of ingredients as the Zao and the hundred percent pure, but they're at least, um, a lot more transparent with their ingredients. And Mm -hmm. that's something that I really appreciate with a brand. Um, and they don't do animal testing, which is lovely. Um, so I would say, yeah, those would be some of the, the top three brands. And like 100% pure and Zao, are those things that you only find online or are they found like in a Sephora or, you know, like mm. where can you typically find those? Yeah, that's a really good question. I actually have not been into a Sephora in like five years because I've been <laughs> trapped on this island. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I, that's a really good question. I've been just buying online, um, but that's, Yeah. I actually, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, but, yeah. but definitely online for sure. And I would mm-hmm. bet, um, also like there are some smaller companies that, so like, for instance, we have a few local companies here that like I buy my Zal makeup through this girl who has her own eco-friendly company. And okay. then same with like, a, there's a holistic health shop here that sells the hundred percent pure makeup. So if you're going to find it in a shop, it's, it might be a smaller shop or, you know, like something that's more small business minded. Um, just because I don't think that the, these brands are super mass produced. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm going to look into that after. And if I find anything, I'll link it in the show notes, but awesome. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I, cause I think like, I don't know, like even sometimes I'll be in Whole Foods and like, oh, maybe the makeup's better here, but you just never know, you know, cause it's all, I mean, I feel like Whole Foods, they try and I don't know. I don't even want to get into the whole like <laughs> Amazon, like whatever. I know. Um, <laughs> you just, you, it is, you just never know. And I think we're just so accustomed to just like fast, easy things mm-hmm. that look good. And it's always, you know, like I said, even just back to like cleaning my house with like vinegar. And then it's just like that bleach is the quick, fast fix, right? That's just going to get it like sparkling, but it really, it's not good. So yeah, I think like that's just, yeah, being intentional about it, which is, I think, something we've come back to a lot in this conversation, but how has like, have I like one of my last questions for you, but like, how has all of this, you know, like changing your diet or your products or skincare, all of these things, like how is this, if it has like helped your mental health? Hmm. Yeah. That's a really beautiful question. Um, I think I've just realized that everything that I put in and on my body 
has its own vibration. And it's not to like say putting judgment on the thing, but just acknowledging the vibration of it. So for instance, like if I want to eat French fries and a cheeseburger, like it's pretty processed, it's pretty dead, it's pretty low on the energetic vibrational scale. And so that's fine if that's what I choose to eat that day. Um, But just recognizing that that's not adding to my overall good feelings. And so I think like if you just come at it from that awareness of like, is this serving me? And if you say yes, then then enjoy it and don't put judgment on yourself. Like, so if you want to have the cheeseburger and the French fries, enjoy them and just know that if, you know, if you're in a position where you're looking to raise your vibration and you're looking to feel a lot more vibrant, which I think is ultimately, in my opinion, at least that's what I think of when I think of mental health. Like how vibrant do I feel today? Do I feel happy to be alive? Do I feel excited to get out of bed in the morning? Am I look dreading the day ahead of me or am I looking forward to it? And I think that if we're in that opposite spectrum where we're on the bottom of the ladder rung, so to speak, um, and we're feeling anxious, overwhelmed, frustrated, despair, anxiety, all these things, there's nothing wrong with that. That's all part of our human experience. But to get up that ladder and up the next step and up on further up on the vibrational scale where you're getting into the bliss and the pleasure and the joy and the content and the peace, then we have to do and find things that are going to serve that, that upward momentum and that upward growth. And so I think that just recognizing that and, and consciously and intentionally choosing things that will serve you in that way. Um, so higher vibrational foods are things that are, you know, that we're living. So you're thinking of your plants. And even if, um, I'm mostly plant-based, but I, I'm not vegan. I eat meat and I choose to eat when I choose to eat meat, I'm choosing pasture organic raised and doing my best as I can in, in choosing regeneratively farmed agriculture and products, but choosing things that have a high vibration to them. And, and you gotta like, you really, really, really gotta audit who you're hanging out with and what you're mentally feeding yourself. Like what music are you listening to? Are you watching fucking scary shit on Netflix? Are you like scrolling Instagram right before closing your eyes? Like, are you hanging out with your bitchy coworker that you don't like that complains and just makes you feel really poopy at the end of the hanging, you know, at the end of the day or whatever. It's like, audit all of those things because those are everything is vibration and everything is going to be impacting your vibration. So if you can just actively choose like, okay, I need today to be a high vibe day. I'm going to have quinoa bowl with some freaking tempa and some kale. I'm going to go on a beach walk. I'm going to hang out with my best friend and I'm going to watch like the secret on Netflix. Like, okay, you probably are going to be feeling a lot better at the end of that day than, than if you didn't do those things. That's not to say it's good nor bad. It's your choice. Like that's it. It's your choice. Do you want to feel really vibrant or do you not? And that's okay. If you want to eat pizza and hamburger, you know, like, but just knowing that it's just, it's all impacting you and just bringing in awareness and then using that to make an informed choice on what you do next. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think bringing that just the intention to it, 
Right. And like the awareness of knowing it. Cause I think I do believe like we're all exactly where we're meant to be learning what we're meant to be yeah. learning. And I think there's no shame or no judgment behind any of it. Like I said, like I, we do it enough on ourselves. You know what I mean? Like we don't need <laughs> to like carry it into everything, but yeah. So like what would be, so if you had one thing, one piece of advice that you would give somebody who's like wanting to start this journey, but just like is so maybe just not in tune with their body just yet. Mm-hmm. Like what, what would be the one thing that you would suggest to get them started? Mm. Yeah, that's such a beautiful question. I'm trying to formulate what I think would be most helpful. Um, for some reason, what's coming up for me right now is is cultivating a playlist that you really like. Because I think like ultimately when I've been in some of the lowest, darkest moments of my life, music has been something that's helped me. And I think that if you can find music that makes you feel, because it all comes back to feeling like what you talked about and what your whole podcast and platform is is all about the way that we're feeling. And, and if you can find things that make you feel good, and I think then maybe just the overall advice would be just leaning more into what makes you f- feel good, what little things bring you joy. If it's listening to that playlist on your car, on your way to work, instead of listening to the news, um, that's, that's awesome, you know, and, and leaning more, making those little intentional choices throughout your day that bring you joy is, is such a beautiful way to start because then when you go to sleep that night, you're going to wake up the next day, like one more rung up on the ladder because you're recalibrating when you go to sleep. And if you're going to bed with better intentions and a happier mindset, it will help you when in that next day. Um, and, uh, yeah. And I think just stop watching the news. (laughs) (laughs) I stopped, I stopped watching the news years ago and like people are like, like, I don't, I don't watch TV. Um, I will get like, there'll be certain shows that I'll binge when I like find something I like, like I recently went through Ted Lasso and C, but like, I'm so even with C, I don't know if you've seen it but it's it is very violent and so i've i noticed myself covering my eyes or turning away like yeah. during those scenes that i knew were going to be like head bashing and like blood and whatever but just but music is really powerful yeah like i have noticed like because music like literally moves us right like it mm-hmm. brings up those emotions and sometimes like if i want to cry like i know exactly what to play that's going to stir those emotions so that i can process them instead of them like hanging out waiting it just kind of speeds up the process a lot but yeah i think that's really powerful just being intentional about like what you're taking in because it's yeah we talk about skincare we talk about makeup we talk about food we talk about you know cleaners but it's also yeah like that what are you actually taking into here in your mind in your body Mm -hmm. and you know in your heart and those things really really are powerful and they have a big effect on us um i wanted to talk about too i saw that you had a holiday gift guide that you just put out that looks so amazing i'm gonna go check it out but if you want to talk about that a little bit Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. So that's just um, a holiday gift guide because one of the biggest questions that I get is, you know, like, do you approve of this product or what do you think about this? And I thought, well, you know what, let me just put together a list of some of my favorite things and things that I think other people will enjoy. And hopefully it can help inspire somebody in their holiday shopping journey. Um, It is all of the businesses included in the guide are local here to Cayman. But the products featured are everywhere. 
So, you know, you just might not be able to purchase it from the the vendor that I'm talking about. Um, but so it definitely does apply to anybody that is um, anywhere in the world that has access to getting mail. <laughs> I'm sure you can purchase things um, online and all of that. But if anybody's interested, um, it's a free guide. You can sign up. I can share the link with you if you'd like to include that. And um, every of every one of the items in there is really aligned with the Clean Bee mission, which is to have the cleanest ingredients ethically sourced and to really ultimately serve your highest good so you can live your most vibrant life. I love that. I would definitely include that in the show notes for everyone. Um, and then my last question for you, like, what does your daily routine look like? Ooh, that's such a fun question. <laughs> um, maybe some people, I feel like, I feel like it's such a hot topic, the morning, you know, the routine. I feel like people like either love that word or they hate that word. Um, I don't know. Most days it's relatively the same. Um, I'm usually up by like 5.30 or sometimes a little bit earlier, but depends. Anyway, I always start the day with a big, massive glass of water and my organic greens powder never fails. It's on autopilot. Currently I use athletic greens, which is mm-hmm. awesome. I'm sure, you know, athletic greens. Yeah, I've tried that. Um, so I, I start the day with that. Always do at least a five minute meditation. Um, doesn't matter if it's guided, silent in my bed. Um, I try to have a few minutes to read if I can, um, just because I really enjoy it. And again, I feel like when people describe their routines, you know, people think that means they have to do these things to be successful. And it's like, no, just find the things that you enjoy at the end of the day. And for me, I really love to read. So if I can squeeze a few minutes, like 10 to 20 minutes of reading, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, if I can't, then I just, you know, I, I, I write my agenda. I'm a big believer in the power of writing out your intentions for the day. So I love to write out what it is I'm, I'm looking to accomplish and then getting to tick those things off throughout the day is really powerful and some form of movement. I would say like, those are like my, my main pillars is, you know, something to expand me, something to ground me, something to kind of silence, you know, the meditation reflect and really nourish and move and move my body. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. I think some people, I was so resistant to routines too. Cause I'm just like, I'm so fluid. I don't need to be like, I can't do like one thing. And I think like the routine, yeah, it just helps set up your day, especially when we're talking about like morning routines and nighttime routines help you sleep. But I think it's just being fluid within the routine, right? Like not having to do the same thing every day, but yeah, it's just like, so powerful to just like kind of release and move. Like for me, journaling is a non-negotiable because I can get up, mm. journal, whatever I'm feeling, get it out. And then I'm not carrying that with me throughout the day. Right. I can just have that free write and just whatever's sticky and stuck. It's just like out in paper and it's done and I can kind of like move on and process. But this has been so amazing to have you on here. I love this conversation. I have so much for the show notes for everybody. This is <laughs> going to be so good because I think this is like, yeah, it is just like, it's such a, an important piece to just overall health and wellness, but it can be so confusing and there's so much to it. And it's like, where do you even, even start to begin? So thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge and wisdom on here and just where can everyone find you and how can they work with you? 
Oh, well, thank you so much, Rochelle. This has been so much fun. You have like a beautiful energy and I feel honored to connect with you today. So thank you for allowing me to come on and have this conversation with you. Um, Yeah, I would be honored if anybody wants to connect further. I'm on Instagram mainly. Um, I'm at the clean bee and that's the T-H-E-E clean bee. Um, I'm also have a podcast, the clean bee podcast. Um, and I do hang out very little bit on TikTok. Like I do have a TikTok, but I don't really mess around with it much, but so yeah, basically Instagram and the podcast are, um, two places where we can connect. And I have some resources as well over on Instagram, just like a a grocery shopping and recipes guide as well to help anybody that is in their journey of looking to kind of navigate the grocery store in a way where they feel more educated and empowered. So if that's something that you feel called to, um, you know, explore more, I have that free resource available as well as some other um, guides and tips that are available for free download over on my website. Awesome. Thank you so much. And yeah, I'll, I'll link everything in the show notes. So get head down there and check it out. Um, but yeah, thank you so, so much for coming on today and talking to me. Thank you so much, Rochelle. Thank you. Bye. Bye, Bye, everybody.